Hey everyone, it's Jason McLaren. Welcome to This Show is a Disaster. And my guest today is Charlie Pelosi, fellow friend of mine, a fellow alumni from American Military University. And he is a emergency manager up in the North Carolina area, working on the coronavirus stuff today. Took a little break to chat with us. We're kicking off our volunteer week and we're talking about volunteer organizations and what people are doing around the country to help out. So Charlie, welcome to the show. Thank you. Appreciate it. So yeah, let's start off. Tell us a little bit about your background and how you got into emergency management. Well, I started out in the Air Force. I was on the AC-130s for a little while. Around 2004, 2005 timeframe, I kind of got put in charge of the disaster program for the squadron and kind of fell in love with it. I've always been in fire EMS for quite some time, so this was a natural progression to come into emergency management. So I went to school, got a couple of degrees, met a few people like you, um, networked enough to um, find a good spot to work and got hired up here in North Carolina. So I'm up here doing emergency management exercise and training. Yeah, and I know you, me and you've been connected for a while and I know you've been job hunting for a while. How long have you been at that position? I started this in February. I got up here when the North Carolina had their first snow and then now the coronavirus. Yeah, so uh, real quick, how was the job hunt and, and how difficult was it? It's not really that difficult. It's like I tell, as the former um, student region president for the IEM, I tell people don't give up. Um, find volunteer opportunities to get into. Um, cert teams are good. Any internships you can do, different things like that. But the biggest thing about emergency management is always going to be network, network, network. Um, whatever they have, you know, free training, do the free training. Market yourself as much as you can and just keep on networking because ultimately the network's what's going to get you where you want to be. Um, in my particular case, I had networked with enough people with, at the IEM to where this job opened up. They were able to easily contact them, got some references for me, you know, told them what I was good at, you know, some of my strengths and weaknesses. And my boss sent me a job request and said, come on up. So I moved from Florida up here. Been here ever since and love it. Awesome. So that kind of goes into the volunteering. Um, I know that's kind of how I got into emergency management. Also, I was a firefighter by trade, did the private fire inspector stuff for a while and, and was integrated into our emergency management group kind of as a mandatory volunteer but then I jumped on the state volunteer teams and and kind of go, went from there so can you tell us a little bit about some of your volunteer experience and um, how that's helped you? So I started out in Navarre as one of the um, section chiefs and basically a lot of people when you start getting into the CERT teams aren't really there to progress anywhere they're just kind of there to help out the community so it opens up a lot of opportunities for you to kind of get into positions and then network with emergency managers. What I tell a lot of people is volunteering is nothing more than a walking, talking interview because the better job you do volunteering, the better job you're going to do when you get paid. Um, so I did that for a little while. I became an intern for the state of Florida doing an emergency management accreditation program. Um, originally started out with five of us, four people left and I stuck it out and wrote it out as much as I could. And, volunteer as much time as I could to focus on getting the EMAP accreditation done. And as soon as it was done, they moved me to another county. Um, I started out with Marion County, went to Santa Rosa County, and then ended up in Brevard County. And through Brevard County, I met a few of their emergency managers down there. So just, it was a networking opportunity, but it set me up for success because I stuck around when everybody else left. So when it came time for job, interviews and stuff like that I had people that were actually emergency managers that were good references um, we all know the emergency managers get together 
we talk, we BS, and we exchange notes, especially when it comes to students. Uh, it's one of those big things that you need to do is kind of set yourself up for success. By setting yourself up for success, you want to volunteer with different groups. So from the state, I got picked up in Santa Rosa County as their emergency management intern. Um, I did all the little stuff they did, wanted me to do, um, going through the coops, going through different areas, things that people didn't want to do that I volunteered to do. But what it did is it showed dedication and show, it helped take my education, what I had learned, and actually make it into a practicality. For example, I did a coop with one of the power companies down there, and their coop was maybe half a page of that. So I sat down with them and expanded it to make it an actual real coop. So that way these guys had something to do that set the tone for everything else, because now it showed the emergency manager I was, you know, volunteering with that I had the ability and the knowledge to do things and think outside the box, which is a lot of what emergency management was. Um, I then transitioned to a job at Brace Be Ready Alliance coordinating for emergencies, which is basically one of the biggest BOADs in Escambia County. What it did is consolidate all the volunteer services from religious-based volunteer services to faith-based to state, local, you know, county different agencies. Um, in that position, I was um, selected to go to the CERT train the trainer and CERT program manager, which was a great opportunity. Again, I took the opportunity to volunteer up there. Um, I got to meet a lot of different people from different areas, different search teams from all across the country. Um, unbeknownst to me, one of the people that was in the class was one of the people that was on my board here when I um, applied for this job in North Carolina. So it worked out perfectly. She was in the class with me. She saw that I was not goofing off in the class. I actually took the time and learned. And then when I came back to Brace, I stayed there for about a year or so. Um, we did a couple disasters, Hurricane Nate that came through when Maria came in the south. A lot of the people from South Florida moved up into the panhandle. Um, initially, they were basically sleeping in rest stops and stuff like that. Um, my actual program manager was deployed to Tallahassee. So he called me up and he said, hey, I've got a task for you to do. I need you to set up a shelter in Pensacola to house the victims for Maria. I said, okay. So I called the Red Cross. The Red Cross says, we don't have anybody to do it. We've tapped out. We need some help. So I activated my CERT team. I got my CERT team members up. Um, we had about 30 of them or so start helping volunteer. Um, it just so happened that the month prior, I had done a CERT, train, or CERT class at the University of West Florida. So I contacted the University of West Florida, and not only did they send people, but they bused the students from the university down to the Civic Center in Pensacola, and we used all volunteer staff to run the entire shelter for about two weeks or so, give or take. Um, we reached out to different organizations that donated food, don donated clothing, different stuff like that. Um, but it took everything that I had learned in all the classes I've done with the shelter operations to make this happen, because ultimately I was in charge of the shelter for the most part, um, being the coordinator for the uh, brace and all the other voads and coeds. So that, while the, while it was long hours and it was, you know, kind of painful to do, it helped me out because once I got done completed with my task there, um, when I moved up here to North Carolina, my boss basically told me I was plug and play because of all the volunteer experience I did. I had volunteer experience in shelter operations, um, moving airplanes and people into different areas. Um, coordinating food, coordinating different prescription drugs that are needed, all the stuff that you have to do for a shelter. So it ended up working out perfectly. But 
had I not taken the time to volunteer a little bit, I don't think this really would have happened because, you know, you have to be able to take your education that you've learned in school and turn it into a practicality. And ultimately, like I said, show it's a walking, talking interview. And so when my boss up here started making phone calls to different agencies that I'd worked for, they had nothing but good things to say because I did a lot of that stuff without getting paid to do it. And it is hard. Sometimes it stinks. You might not be able to volunteer as much as you can, but you volunteer what you can outside of your normal work and turn it into something positive. So when you apply for an emergency management job or try to do something, it will help you in the long run to become better, more proficient, and ready to handle your next job. So when the sh they started a shelter operations for the COVID-19, they are taking homeless people off the streets and putting them into high-risk shelters or isolation and quarantine shelters. So the first thing my boss came to me and said, you've got a lot of experience doing this stuff. Now, all my experience was volunteer, but I still had a lot of experience. So he sent me out here and he said, I need you to fix this and get this running the way it's supposed to. So he told me on a Sunday, by Monday afternoon, I had things up and running where they could be. And because it's a COVID thing, it's not really a normal shelter because we've been doing this for almost a month and a half. It, you have to kind of flex a little bit and be flexible and figure out different things. For example, we didn't, no shelters don't have laundry services because most shelters are pretty much less than a week or so before people start exiting. We're going on almost a month at this shelter. So we had to set up laundry services, which meant working with the staff at the hotels and different agencies to coordinate um, basic laundry services and then toiletries and all the other stuff. And now we're working on getting everything situated for medications because a lot of people that are in the shelters are high risk for the COVID-19, which means they have diabetes or underlying heart conditions, stuff that basically means if they get it, they're probably going to die from it. So we work on that stuff, get everything situated. And that's what I've been doing for the last month or so. Yeah. I think that speaks volumes to the, you know, putting your, time in as far as a volunteer in order in order to get that pay position if you're if that's what you're working for and um, you know a lot of these smaller agencies you don't have the opportunity to practice these skills on real events so volunteering outside your community and and for exercises and that sort of thing is always helpful it is and like I've told a lot of people this is a perfect time to volunteer because a lot of the agencies don't have the manpower nobody Nobody anticipated this being as big as it was. So this opens up a lot of opportunities for people who really want to get into emergency management to take a chance, get involved into it, try to help them out as much as they can, but at the same time, use this as a stepping stone. You know, use this as an opportunity to prove yourself. Now, keep in mind, when you do this, you're probably not going to get the glamorous job of operations section chief or planning section chief. You may be a shelter manager. But that shows that you're willing to do whatever you have to in a disaster. And that's really how this works out. So when this is all over, when it ever gets over, you're going to have basically, you know, two or three months as a intern or a volunteer at a shelter. So you're, that's going to give you a little bit step up to say somebody who just graduated the undergraduate degree or bachelor or a graduate degree, you have practical experience in doing these things rather than just education. So you merge your education and your volunteer time together, and now you've got yourself basically an unpaid position where you can get a lot of, you know, street cred for what you do rather than just say, well, I've got a degree, I've done this, I've done that. You can put on your resume, I was a shelter manager for 200 people, you know, and break down exactly what you did, 
how you did it and you know what the outcome of, of it was and again you know most people are out of work right now anyway so now is the perfect time to hit the volunteer organizations you know do different stuff get involved get in there so when this thing finally blows over and they start looking to hire new people or replace people that you know may want to retire after this you've already got your foot in the door probably more than just a foot probably more arm and a leg inside the door to get look i've done this before for you guys i'm a perfect candidate and you're going to have a lot of people that are going to vouch for you you know everybody you work for playing section chief op chiefs mass care people are going to say hey you know so and so did such a great job at this they knew exactly what they were doing we gave them the crappiest job they could come up with but they still took it and they turned it into something positive and they did it you know without question without you know any complaints and they did it to the best of their ability and now you've got a huge resume because again emergency managers talk to each other so they're going to start making phone calls and start talking to each other especially when it comes to jobs like this awesome so i know everybody's busy right now if somebody did want to volunteer for this or for future incidents how's the best way for them to do that the best way right now is like i um i posted on linkedin not too long ago call your local emergency managers you know call your state agencies ask them hey you know i've got this i'm pursuing a degree in emergency management um, I've taken this online training because the shelter training for shelter managers is online. I've done this training. I'd like to help out as much as I can. They may say, sure. They may say, well, we're not ready to take volunteers right now. But if they say, then, you know, jump in there, do whatever they tell you to do, you know, get involved. Even if it's the, the lowest possible job on the rung, just make sure you do it. Do it with a smile. Do it as hard as you can and keep moving forward with it and take your information you learned from your degree and start turning into practical, hands-on, you know, on-site doing that stuff. Um, I've had a lot of kids reach out to me as one of the former IAM region president, and they've asked me, how can I get involved? And I tell them, volunteer, volunteer, volunteer. Right now, the iron is extremely hot, and it's the best time to strike and get in there. You know, all the counties are looking for people, especially like in North Carolina. Just to give you an example, it takes a little over 225 people per day for the last month and a half to run these shelters. The shelters here are almost 80% of what we're doing on a day-to-day -day basis. So now you have an opportunity to get involved in these shelters, whether it's a shelter manager, site manager, incident commander, different, different stuff like that. You can get involved and learn, learn from the emergency managers. You might even be able just to talk to them and ask them, hey, can I go in there and sit you know, with the, the EOC manager or the ops section chief? I just want to learn a little bit, get a little bit more experience. When you, if they tell you yes, you know, give them your availability. It said a lot of people are still out of work. So take advantage of that availability. If it's a 12 hour shift, go there for the whole 12 hours. If you got nothing else better to do, but take the time to learn, pick their brain, get as much information as you can and walk in there humble, walk in there, you know, not like, you know, everything, but just go in there and sit down and listen to them. Let them teach you what they know and take your education and turn that into something positive. Like I said, this thing's going to be going on for a little while. So now is the time to get involved and, you know, really start to, if you're really dedicated and really want to get an emergency management, this is the absolutely best time to do it. Understanding that, you know, bad things have happened in the country right now, but take that bad thing and turn it into a positive. Because again, these emergency managers are going to retire pretty soon. Some of them may retire shortly after this, but it opens up a great big door for all the young people that want to get an emergency manager to get in there right now. Yeah, I think all that shows that there's a lot more going on here than just what's going on at the hospital. So 
Um, how can people get a hold of you if we want to chat with you some more? I am on LinkedIn, um, Charles Pelosi. I'm on there. You're free to add me, talk to me. Um, I've had a bunch of the students, especially the student veterans that were interested in getting emergency management. I actually got um, up with some of the other emergency managers in the area, and a lot of people are posting jobs right now. Some of the internships are paid. Some of them are not. For example, in North Carolina, most of the counties have some sort of intern program that they're trying to get because you know, they might not have a lot of money to be able to afford to pay somebody right now, but the money that you're getting back volunteering is time and experience and experience is worth more so than you could ever imagine. Definitely. All right, Charlie, well, thanks for coming on the show and we'll talk to you later. All right. Thanks, Jason. This episode has been brought to you by Mia Como, M-I-A-K-O-M-O.com. The respirators that use replaceable filtration technology to filter out nearly 100% of particulate, pollution, gases, bacteria, and viruses. Check them out today.